0: You are always practicing something. The question is, what are you practicing? Unknown martial arts sensei. Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi,
1: I'm Brian and I am Ed and this is the Instinctive
0: Influencers Podcast. Ed, how is life? It's a good day any day that you get to have the day off and it's just me and poodle time today so it's gonna be a good day.
1: That's what I'm talking about man. I'll tell you a good I, I, I do love you know having days off every once in a while. I mean you know sometimes it's nice being a workaholic but then there's those days where you are just like,
0: oh, yeah, just
1: relax, kind of do what you want.
0: I, so I have a I have a captain that I work with, and he's he's very much a workaholic. He's very smart, but he just works and works. And mysteriously, yesterday, honestly, just I have never seen this, but he got a message that there were no drivers to support his ID card in the computer. And today's a holiday, so the ID card section is closed. So he is unable to work all weekend. I said, he's like, I don't know, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I said. Oh, here's a radical idea, man. Go home and enjoy your family for the weekend. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I said, there you go. Like, yeah, no. So I was, I told him I said, I'm very happy your ID card did that. I don't know why it did it, but I'm happy about it. That's a That's uh.
1: That's forced karma, right there, my man. That's something saying, hey, you need to take a
0: break. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand, man. So I mean, I got it, you know, mission and but sometimes these guys, they get in their work and so much. And then sometimes it's stuff that's not that urgent. And and, I mean, I don't know, maybe my wife is just super understanding, but I mean, I learned a long time ago as a young leader, I did used to put in a lot of hours that looking back now, I'm like, that was so unnecessary to take time away from my family to do whatever it was. Yeah. Uh, I think that's part of our development, our growth though. Like it's something that we, we, you know, we, um, we get over the years of experience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You start, well, you start looking at things differently too, you know. it. I mean, for instance, I mean, you think about it. You take your time off and you think about how you use your time off now versus, let's say, 15, 10, 15, maybe even 20 years ago, how you did it then. It's a completely, I
0: guarantee it's completely different. I know mine is. I know mine is. Uh, 20 years ago, I, I'm i pretty sure I'd have been in a drunken stupor by now, by eleven fifty-two a.m on a day off uh 20 years ago I'd have definitely already been working on it so yeah no it's way different now now you know you've been to the gym you've got a workout in and, you know I'm here recording this episode and so so much more focused on other things that that are good like you know like what was the advantage of being drunk by noon nothing but I was super young and Easily influenced by those around me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, and that's it, man. You know, it's just looking at things and saying, "All right, no, I've got to, uh, I've got to learn to press forward on some you know, on on life and, uh, and stop doing some of the childish things that we do." And hey, listen, I probably did the same thing, my man. But now I look at it and it's like, well, I can do this and waste everything, or I can do this, 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 and this, enjoy it and be productive. So I mean like tomorrow. Yeah. I'm myself and a guy that I work with. We're going to go we're going to go hit this uh awesome Korean trail. It's uh they have a lot of bicycle trails here. We're going to go hit this uh it's it's a 90-mile trek, man, and I'm yeah. I'm pretty stoked because Good. they had this program here. So you go and get uh it's like a bicycle passport is what it's called. But what it is, is, it has like all these different pages with different routes that you can take. And you go to that route, you ride the route. And along the route, there's these red booths that you get a stamp. And you get the stamp for riding that route. And once you, you basically, with each different route or like segment, longer segments of route with many routes included, you get like medals and stuff like that. So we're, we're pretty stoked. This is our first, this is our first big ride with that little passport book. The crazy thing, man, check this out. The crazy thing is is we are using like four or five different apps to like figure stuff out because we can't read any of the korean language on the map that we have (laughs) so we spent lunch today we're sitting at lunch trying to discuss our route and stuff and he's like i don't know what this says and i'm like i don't either and he like he has this like google translate out and i've got mine out and his is working mine's not working i'm like so now all i'm doing is i'm pulling up regular maps that have english on it and i'm trying to compare the roads to figure out exactly where i am terrain association (laughs) and then finally i'm like oh we got to go right here so i drop a pin and then we drop a pin but it was you know it was it was a way to kind of also figure out something that was difficult before and we we learned from it you know and, and basically now i know that if when we go to do the next one okay this is how we're going to do it and it's going to help us grow you know as we go along which kind of leads me into the topic today that's pretty crazy
0: yeah i thought i thought you were going right at it too i was like okay i can I can kind of see where Brian's going today.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So hey, audience, this is what we're getting at today. We uh we pulled another one from the Green Notebook website. A great article, really good article actually, and it makes you kind of think about it. Ed earlier, he read that quote, it was from an unknown sensei, you know, and it you know, it being you're always practicing, but what is it that you are practicing? And you know, Ed, you know what I thought of when you was reading that? It it just Bing popped in my mind. Do you know what I thought of? No,
0: I had no idea.
1: It's a phrase that you use almost every episode, and you love using it. Uh,
0: so you were comparing my quote that I read, yeah, to lifelong learning.
1: Absolutely, and that's and that's what it all boils down to, man. It really does. So we could actually t- we could call this deliberate lifelong learning, or we can actually use the title that the author has. This is written by uh, David Wirt. Uh, And and it's shared across uh, the From a Green Notebook, but it's called Developing Deliberate Practices for Leadership Growth. I I mean, you could pretty much, same thing in a sense, if you think about it. So crazy thing here. That particular quote, it challenges leaders to reflect on how their actions and behaviors contribute to their leadership narrative. Have you ever like actually sat there and thought about your actual leadership narrative, Ed?
0: No, I remember we had a Sergeant Major. I can't, what was that Sergeant Major's name right before we left? I can't remember his name. Mancini? Yes. Yeah, he wanted us to develop our leadership philosophy. And uh, that's as close as I've come to thinking about what my narrative is, is developing a leadership philosophy.
1: Okay, I mean, and I think it's along the same lines. So philosophy is kind of like how you see leadership should be and in your narrative is kind of how you're tailoring your leadership to be. Yeah so you you could you could compare the two and the two could work together absolutely. yeah you know, one of the things they that they actually go into in this article uh, that really catches my eyes and it just makes me think about all the different classes we've done through leadership. Uh, is this is what the author says everything a leader does from the constructive actions of vision setting, decision making, and resolving conflicts to destructive acts, such as lacking empathy and micromanaging, serve as indicators to the quality of their leadership practice. That that says a lot if you think about it. It, it almost kind of reminds me also of the you often lead the way you were led type scenario. You know, you think about you know think about a lot of the different people you've dealt with, right, Ed and. You you monitor how they lead, and then you you question maybe possibly I don't know if you do. That's why I'm going to ask you: Do you question where they learned that from?
0: Yeah, sometimes, and it, sometimes you can see it. So if you're in an organization and and maybe they came up as a leader through there, you can see kind of. Did you ever work for him? Because you're very similar, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that was my first, you know, my first squad leader or whatever." So you 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 can pick up on some of those tendencies um, mm-hmm. along the way. But one of the biggest things I learned super early was you know bad leaders are great uh examples because you take those principles from them and say, "I'm not gonna be this guy either mm-hmm. um and and those are the ones I really go where did he learn that that was okay, so just kind of you do you observe it, and you do wonder where it come from um and and right now here, where I'm at now, I've been fortunate that one of the people that mentored me, his mentor is here as a civilian Mm -hmm. and we've connected those dots. So now I kind of get to see, okay, now I see why he was like this with me because I see it in you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And actually uh, I think I've mentioned before, my wife actually works for the guy. So we can see those tendencies. It's, 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 it's kind of interesting. Actually, it's fascinating.
1: It almost sounds like a lineage of leadership. I could probably call that a show.
0: It probably could be a show, <laughs> yeah, and we see yeah. it a lot in the military.
1: Oh yeah, 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 you do, and that's what I said. Like, I've I've watched people in their interactions, and I because you've often said you know yellow screamers, those type of people, people that are really negative and derogatory towards others. You think to yourself, was that an up an upbringing, or was that you know, like in a home setting, you know, like as a child and all that stuff, or was that how uh, they were led? When, you know, years before, then they just picked that up because they thought that's what worked or that's how you're supposed to do it. Instead of maybe stepping back and saying, okay, let me evaluate this. Why is it that he's acting this way? Can he not handle stress and he just has to blow up all the time? Can he not or she not um, make deliberate decisions so they have to constantly go seek uh, advice from their leaders and actually seek for their actual answer because they can't come up with their own i mean it's things like that you know what i'm saying
0: yeah and so for me i was uh, fortunate because i was in the military in 1991 and then i came back in the military in 2002 and the senior leaders in 2002 were my peers you know in 91 and when you see how they lead and the yellers and the screamers originally i was just like yeah that's the norm and then i realized wow the army has changed that's not the norm that was the norm in 1991 95 but it, it's not the norm now you know what i mean so yeah that was one of the things that i was fortunate with that gap in my service it was generational leadership to me mm-hmm. uh that i observed and now here we are in, you know 2019 and it's not the same type of leadership uh of 2002 what, what what was done in 2002 was not acceptable isn't acceptable now and what was done in 1991 is now called hazing and will get you put out the military so it's, it's very generational
1: yeah you know it's funny uh I, as you were talking about that because you're talking about generational and that stuff uh so yesterday i held an ncopd with a good majority of my ncos who could make it to it and it was ethical leadership was the title and i actually funny thing I actually pulled some of the uh, the material from uh, Mind Tool. it's called. Uh, it's a real good website. There's a lot of information on there. And I pulled some other material from some other places and kind of pushed together. I used the material to create my questions because how I went about it was I wrote uh, 13 different cards, uh, note cards, and I wrote like a question or something on it. And I just handed them out randomly as people were kind of getting settled in and whatnot. And then I just go, all right, who has, you know, number one and... So they would read it off and we would kind of go through it but as we were going through uh one of the older NCOs within it called you know was referencing what was going on as well this is how you do it in the new army but in the old army blah 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 and i i really respected one of my young staff sergeants who spoke up and he said but really it's nothing about the old army and the new army it's still the same army it's just new rules took place so we had to make changes it's still the same army and I was like man you know I I really respected that because he's showing a growth himself by analyzing what's being said and then speaking what needed to be said during a leadership development period you know so um, I I know I to me you know I think about these things those are the types of things that kind of help me analyze as, as a leader myself and say, okay, yeah, this is the direction I want to go. This is the direction I don't want to go. Um, and, and also, you know, when we look at this this article, uh, he quotes Peter Drucker. Peter Drucker is a well-known management guru. Like he is like one of those ones that he's done plenty of books and he's referenced tons and he, he's just got a lot of good ideas. He's a lot like Maxwell too. Uh, but here that he writes, demands doing certain and fairly simple things It consists of a small number of practices. Applying creative liberty by swapping out management for leadership, Drucker's uh, adage still applies. If practicing leadership is vital to becoming an effective leader, the questions to answer then become what types of practices and how do I practice? And sometimes that's what we don't know it, you know? If you think about it, like, you just don't know what you should be practicing, because repetition creates habit, and then habits formed, and then you're able to do it. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I, so for me, I've never really thought about practicing leadership. You know what I mean? So um, so that I found this article super interesting because of that. You just, I don't know. Maybe uh, I just think of leadership as something you learn through. Uh, it's like experiential learning, I, and I just... I don't know. Maybe I have been practicing and I'm just unaware of that.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing, though. You know, you think about uh, with, let's say you're wanting to uh, engage people in certain types of conversation. If you don't at least try it, you don't know how it's going to work. And then over time, you keep trying it, but you maybe change a little bit here. You change a little bit there. You're, you're I kind of see that as a practice to fine tune what you're going for. Right, um, whether it be how you're counseling people, um, how you're going over some legal issues with someone, maybe how you're teaching them how to properly—I don't know—deal with contracts as a government official, and between two civilian officials, who knows? I mean, those types of things. It's like you're constantly—you know—how many times do you think Ed that you've gone back in your mind and you thought about a conversation? You replayed it and you thought, oh, I should have said this. I probably could have said this or this. You know what I'm saying? Uh,
0: so, yeah, you do. Because every every interaction to me is an opportunity to learn something. So you, you replay those conversations. And when you're replaying them, you may find something that you're like, oh, I really should have said this. Or uh, for me, I think that as you develop with your creative and critical thinking skills, those also come into play because you're, you know, as I'm playing it back, it's easy to say, Oh, I really missed an opportunity to make a valid point here or to say this or whatever. So I just think any interaction really, uh, you, you have an opportunity to learn and you play it back and then move it forward. You may remember that moment and now you'll say what you thought you should have said then. So, I mean, in meetings and things like that, I see that quite a bit, and I do that quite a bit.
1: Mm-hmm. And you'll sometimes you'll find yourself doing it deliberately, and that kind of falls right into the next part that we're gonna, that we're going to talk about. Where research into the science of expert level performance provide military leaders of all experience levels and positions insight into how top athletes, chess prodigies, musicians, and surgeons develop world class skills in their professions. Simply put. Expert achievers practice their skill differently. They establish a deliberate practice. While the research behind deliberate practice study of experts and coined as 10,000 rule featured by Malcolm Gladwell's outliners focus primarily on vocations outside of the military, the principles are applicable to our profession basically any profession and it's finding how to deliberately practice something i can tell you there's there's tons of things that we do in the army that we deliberately practice to create that muscle memory but you never really think about doing it leadership wise well sometimes it could be just how you conduct a meeting it could be how you uh, get the right vocal pitch uh, if you're in front of a formation to ensure that everyone hears you i mean well when when we do prt Physical readiness training, Ed. We have to deliberately practice that to lead them. Now we're conducting an action, but when we're using our our voice and then our movements, and we're trying, we need people to mimic us, and we have to lead them along. You know, we deliberately practice that. So uh, I find that studying uh, athletes and chess prodigies, maybe you know, musicians, especially musicians, doing deliberate practices could be uh, one of those things that really helps make you a little bit better
0: deliberate practice definitely pays we we really we learned this uh man, this dude and his plugs we learned this from the bearded ninja though like i told you one time when i first started going to work with him he's about to teach a class to all of us at the that were assigned to the academy and i walk into my office and i can see our classroom and he was in there teaching and i'm like who is he talking to and he was talking to the chairs he was deliberately making sure and he even goes through the motions enough to say you have a question mr chair (laughs)
1: you know what i mean like he
0: deliberately practiced every ask and then when he would respond as if the chair because you know we're supposed to respond to a correct uh answer he would say that's absolutely correct that's a good point mr chair like but that deliberate practice, and then when he gets in front of us, we all had him on this pedestal as an instructor because he was so good. But yeah, it's the same thing with leadership, right? If we practice, then we get on these pedestals. We practice, especially the one that I find that now going into this episode, uh, decision-making. Like, initially, you made a lot of decisions, at least I know I did, with heat of the moment decisions not thought out at all, right? And boom, sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. But over time and practice at dealing with soldiers and their problems and their issues, your muscle memory comes into play and you start making better decisions based off of past experiences, which is really your practice, right? So I know I did this the last time and it didn't work out. Why didn't it work out? Well, I didn't get the five W's from the soldier before I went to first sergeant with the problem. Now I'm going to get the five W's, get the five W's, go to first. And now I can lay everything out. Now I've learned something. And it was really through the practice Mm -hmm. of leadership. So I I think really in decision-making, that's where we really see it. in what we do as uh, non-commissioned officers in the military.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I, I talked earlier, I spoke earlier about, uh, NCODP or NCOPD, it, it, people call it all kinds of things, basically NCO professional development or development of professionals. Um, but what we do these things is we get together and, you know, I try to, I like to have them as more of like a discussion. I bring up topics and I let them discuss it because I feel like, yeah, we can just like in how we used to train, you know, we do the the, uh, the concrete experience and the PMP uh, which is published in process and then there's the uh, the general new information i like to kind of mix all that in like we were do before and like put out a topic out there and kind of start just like pinging questions to get people to start generating conversation and to create that dialogue of thought in you know and i'm telling you like, it really does work I mean, i've done it every month since i've been here I held at least one and every time it really uh, I watch and I listen to them and I guarantee you some of the ones that are sitting there just kinda of being quiet, I feel like they're gaining some of that knowledge. And sometimes like it's there's a couple that I've seen, they never said anything in the beginning, but now they start they're starting to vocalize things. And it's kinda it's really nice because I think what they were doing is they may have been like deliberately practicing in their mind how they would answer something or this or just, I mean, there could be lots of things. I can't say for sure, but it's really cool to kind of see that. uh, It's like the fruit is starting to ripen there. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And then those ones you talk about being quiet. Well, I mean, generally that's probably because they're uncertain or unconfident and over time they develop that confidence and then they'll get out there and get more, you know what I mean? More outgoing, more involved in discussions and and, and for us as leaders, that's up to us to capture that moment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well,
1: the deliberately practicing leader seeks out opportunities for professional development outside of what their organization's programs or institutional educational requirements. They embrace the challenge inherent in conducting deliberate practice by going outside of their comfort zones and setting stretch goals to attain new skills and competencies. So our author here basically is telling, saying, hey, listen, those who are seeking outside resources constantly and looking outside and try, you know, basically trying to gain new knowledge, uh, obviously they're still getting it from inside, but they're also outside. They are deliberately practicing leadership. That's what they're doing. You're... When, when you read a new book, when you watch um, a, a new video, we're doing things. And we're going to get into the book thing here in a little bit. But <laughs> when you're doing all these different things and you're seeking it, like, the people listening to this show right now, it, if they're listening, they're deliberately. What about the host of this show? I Well, definitely you. I don't know about me. No, yes, definitely. Both of us. Because the funny yeah, thing is,
0: is. The host of these, this yeah, show.
1: We are deliberately practicing leadership or influence Either way you want to go it, because I mean, not only are we having the conversation, it we're we're doing the research on these topics. You know, we read through it, we discuss it. I mean, and if you think on top of that, before the show even starts, it, we constantly are kind of jibber jabbing back and forth, kind of going over what happened, what, what's happened this week and whatnot, and we're learning from each other. Like I was asking you certain questions about uh, different things that were going on uh, that you had going, and then you kind of you kind of revert and ask me and. Obviously, we ask the questions not to just ask a question because uh, that's the thing to do. But instead, we ask the question because we're trying to learn something, you know? So, like,
0: yeah, man. I like it a lot.
1: <laughs> deliberate practicing of leadership. That's, yeah, that's definitely it. Well, where do we begin? Where, where, where do we begin with this whole deliberate practicing of leadership? Well, this is what I can definitely tell you. Military leaders you, they consist of basically three components when we try to use deliberate, uh, practices in leadership. And it's, it's, it's pretty simple, uh, assessing training and then learning slash reflecting through feedback, right? So we assess what's going on. We do the training needed to be done because of the assessment. And then we learn what from that training and then reflecting through the feedback, uh, You want to you want to cover a little bit about this, uh, the foundational component of deliberate assessment requires?
0: Yeah. So it requires a deep appraisal of your attributes and competencies as a leader and setting a focused stretch goal intended to improve on a specific aspect of your capacity as a leader. And then he goes on to talk about the multi source assessment feedback tool that we use in the military and there's civilian equivalents of this. And actually, I don't think we're using this anymore, which is really crazy to me because I thought it was a valuable, very valuable tool. Um, I've actually had people who were my Raiders have me fill these out to kind of help me frame how I was seen. Because, you know, when you do that, and I know you've done them, uh, you get feedback from your peers, your subordinates, and your leaders. In fact, I'm sure you filled this out on me more than once.
1: I probably Um, have. Not sure.
0: so, and that's that helps you assess where you are as a leader. So, that's a very, very valuable mm-hmm. tool. Um, and I, I don't know the civilian equivalents of it, but I know there are some out there.
1: Oh, yeah, you know, and let me let's back up a second, too, Ed, because you hit upon uh f- two phrases there attributes and competencies. And, and, and this is the thing we talked about it often with our Joes when we would train them, yep. but. It's like, do people really think about these things too? And I think these same attributes and competencies would work even in the civilian sector. I really do. I, I think, because, all right, let's, let's just, we'll break it down real quick. So attributes. These are the attributes you need to have. Uh, this is what we consider, in just say in the Army, as a non-commissioned officer, you, you're actually rated on these areas. You're rated on your attributes and you're rated on your competencies. So attributes, character, presence, and intellect. Those are the attributes. Now, there's other stuff that breaks down underneath those, right? Then, you're also rated, and when I say rated, basically, we get an evaluation. You get them yearly, or you may get them every time you move to new duty stations. At a minimum, you at least get them yearly, right? Right. Uh, But this is its kind of like our report card. Now, let's talk about the competencies. Competencies leads, develops, and achieves. Those six areas are what our NCOs are rated on, but if you think about it, you—if you built a rating system that revolved around those, I definitely think it would work. Now, you may have to fill in some of the the subcategories underneath those,
0: but I—I I really believe that would work. Wouldn't you say that, Ed? Yeah, you can. Honestly, so Brian, I actually was thinking, looking at these. So when we look at attributes and competencies, right, they're all part of what we call the Army leadership uh, model and um it i looked at those and i said man these could be episodes we would just have to play with the verbiage a little bit to you know transition them to um the civilian sector but honestly so when you look at the competency of achieves the subcategories gets results okay i'm pretty sure they do that in the civilian sector i don't think it's just us you know what i mean like yeah uh, you know yeah. even if all right so look at the attribute of presence the first one is military and professional bearing okay well let's take out military and just say professional bearing sounds civilian sector to me exactly. I, I don't know it's been a little while so there are things i mean yeah. intellect mental agility well we all need that we need that in our personal lives not just our professional lives so definitely those subcategories uh could be transition into a civilian sector i don't see one on here that i couldn't say all right that's got to be strictly military you know what i mean like army values okay values too easy right
1: uh, oh yeah you know what though this is my deal and i we see it in the army we see people's feelings get hurt when they are rated in say presence and they get a poor rating I think that might be, that may, maybe that's an issue. That could be considered an issue. I'm not sure because feelings get hurt easily because obviously they didn't show enough confidence. Well, yeah, I didn't show enough confidence because you didn't give me. Well, no, I shouldn't give you anything. You need to come after it. Come get it, right? Mm-hmm. Come, come and get what you want. If you want that new position, then go get it. If you want to be a better leader, then you need to do the deliberate leadership growth so you can get it. I I and when I look at it, man, I think of if you can't do this yourself, you're probably wanting a handout. That that's the kind of thing I I get in my mind, and I I'm starting to sound like I'm on a uh, soapbox, so I don't want to go too deep into it. But it's just <laughs> I'm one of those individuals, man, that I really believe that. And and it said it earlier during this article. He's talking about it's the people that go outside of the box to learn more to become better. And it works more than just leadership. It works for anything. You know, if I want to be a better cyclist, I have to go and push beyond my limits. If I want to be a better weightlifter, I have to start pushing heavier weights. If I want to be a better reader, yeah, you like that. If I want to be a better reader, I have to read more books. You know, it's not like I could just like, you know what? I really want to be a really good reader. Well, I guess I am one now. No. (laughs) Come on, man. Come on. on. Yeah. So... (laughs) <laughs> but that's what you know but that's what i'm getting at you know so i look at them and i i often i don't i don't like to sit there and like disappoint someone when i am doing say i'm doing their uh their ncr or whatever but at the same time i've got to tell the truth i have to be honest yes you know that's part of i think that's part of my deliberate leadership development and growth i i feel like that helps me become a better honest broker. I mean, you think about it, right? We're just going to keep... I'm, I'm just going to jump right into the evaluation thing. Now, to get the top block or be considered a number one type of person, they've actually forced it so the the one who's doing the senior rating can only give up a certain percentage of it. So now only 24% of individuals being rated by that person could be a top blocker type of person. So now you got to work a little bit harder. But I would take it even further, Ed. I would say this, because there's three different level or four different levels. You have uh, what's that? Most qualified, highly qualified, qualified, and then not qualified. Yeah. This is the way I see it. I think you take hundred percent, right? You take a, a, a percentage of hundred percent, hundred percent um you took twenty four percent out already because that's the mo- that's the most qualified. So now you're you know you're now you're down to seventy six percent. Well, I say you take another 26% for the highly qualified, right? And now everyone else, the other 50%, they get qualified straight up or worse. Now you or or worse if they are if they do something that would yeah, result in unqualified, obviously, because there there's certain stipulations to receive that also. But if you if you basically made it to where that had to happen, Oh man, now you're really gonna find that cream of the crop, I think, because are you are you gonna waste a highly qualified on somebody who's really not a highly qualified? When you know, so you got to pay attention to that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, no. Uh, that's just to me. That's part of leadership development, man.
0: And and that honest uh, honesty honest broker aspect is is um, one of the big things too. I mean, that's why we went to a newer system in our our uh, profession is because everybody was, you know, among the best, but there's absolutely no way that so many people were the best in the army. Um, So they had to get the, that's where the 24% comes from. Oh no. We need to limit this. Now, Mm -hmm. is it always going to work out? No, because it is possible that if I can only give 24% the the top block, I may have more than 24% who deserve it it could be a fluke thing could be the number of people i have what have you but so it could um but yeah no that's why we had to go to that because people didn't want to be honest brokers and they were saying everybody was among the best so Mm
1: -hmm. absolutely and you know that's and that's the other thing man it's people will get their feelings so hurt and the crazy thing is is On the flip side, the people are doing the ratings themselves. They'll they'll look at you and be like, well, you know, man, I don't want to hurt their career. I'm sorry. Did you make their choices for them or did they make their choices for them? Allow Mm -hmm. that to take place. Allow them to be, allow for that decentralized command that we often talk about that we've heard Jocko mention many times that we, you and I both have, you know, we're basically, we're paid subscribers to that (laughs) idea. I mean, straight up. Yeah. I, I subscribed all day to that extreme ownership and decentralized command. We'll allow that to happen. And then when they make the right choices, you reward. When they make the wrong choices, well, we go back to the drawing board. We retrain. And then if they make the wrong choices again, well, now we have a problem because we've retrained them. And now they can't do what needs to be done. All right? So now are they really a top block type person? No, absolutely not. You know you, And you mentioned earlier. This, the uh, the the multi source assessment feedback, that to me I, th- I you were right on with that. That was a great tool that was used, and I now I think it is still out there. It's just not used as much anymore. It's not as publicized, but that is a great tool to really try to gain some feedback to understand where you stand. Right. Uh, then again, people will often worry. Well, my soldiers are such and such people, they don't like me. Well, I got you, but you you got to try at least. And is there a reason why they don't like you? Is it because, you know, when you bring somebody bad news, are you really a, like on a butthead about it? Or do you bring them, you know, if, if there's bad news, do you empathize with them? Do you, are you, are you just showing nothing but apathy? I mean, it's those types of things, man. Solicit, he even says solicited feedback. I'm asking you. So remember earlier when we talked, uh, I, I want to say it was not too long ago. We had the conversation I mentioned about uh, the my commander and I, we had a command climate survey going on, right? Uh, and those, those command climate surveys, they can be useful if people participate. We had a good large number to participate. I mean, it was a decent size number. Um, they can't be forced to, so it's all voluntary. But I would tell you that I was really impressed with some of the comments on there. Actually, many of the comments. And it was straightforward. It was... I'm going to tell you how it is type attitude, but it wasn't, it wasn't in a manner that it literally, uh, would try to break us type situation or try to make us seem like we're a horrible group of people. No, Hey, we like what's going on here. We see this. We've never had this done and we want this. I mean, put it this way. As soon as my And I really, I'll tell you, I got, I'm really fortunate to have the commander. I do. He's a great guy. Really good man. Uh, As soon as he saw a couple things on there, he was already popping on that stuff because when we had the conversation, man, he and I talked about, you know, about how we're going to try to, you know, tackle this beast with whatever feedback we got. He literally followed through that, and it was awesome. So I I can definitely tell you, you know, taking that feedback and using it uh, to help provide leaders with the understanding of the current capabilities. Come on. I mean, he's writing it. He writes it right there that helps us understand and then allows us to move forward as leaders. So was there more in that area that you wanted to hit upon?
0: No, no, man, your, your points were excellent. And of course a good relationship with your commanders always like that's invaluable. That's, that's, that just makes everything so much better. So absolutely. uh, Yeah, no, you made some very good points on this one, Brian. I think we're ready to move on.
1: Yeah. So he, he further goes on. He's talking here. As the stretch goal is selected, so we talked about, did we talk about the stretch goal? No, we didn't. All right. As gaps and areas of of potential growth are identified, the leader sets her stretch goal and development plan focused on improving their current weakness. Could you pick out a weakness right now for you, Ed, do you think, as a leader?
0: Yes. And it's been the same. And I have worked on it a little bit and I've gotten a lot better, but it's a strength and a weakness. So when I did the uh, multi, uh, the MSAF, Yeah, I did it right. The multi-source assessment and feedback tool. My top strength and weakness was my candor. So, so yes, yes. I had both. It was really weird. I was like, oh, okay. So I have worked on that, but I would still, I would still call it a weakness. Sometimes I just say what I think and what I feel and, you know, and sometimes there's time and place for everything as we've always heard. And, uh, so I try to balance that, you know what I mean? Especially I work in a very senior heavy environment. So I really try to keep some of my thoughts to myself, uh, and, and, or find a different way to express them. Not necessarily hide them, but find a different way to express them, uh, more professionally.
1: Yeah. I, I would definitely tell you, it's funny. Um, I think, Doing that whole uh, Kevin Cruz book, Great Leaders Have No Rules, I really feel like that that kind of opened a doorway for me be, of a weakness that I knew I had. I just didn't know how to fix it. And really, it all falls into the Crowd Your Calendar, Ed. It, that's what it is. I am, I, my, so yeah. I can just get things done, right? I can multitask and, and like push, push, push. But I felt like I was being ineffective. It wasn't efficiency enough for me, like a battle rhythm enough. And and I'm still I'm still struggling. Like I I mean I try the I I'm doing the crowded calendar thing. I really am. Uh, I'm using it to a certain extent, but sometimes I'll allow myself to get unfocused from it. And it you know uh, we well recently we we did um uh, we did some. Uh, Training and whatnot, and I completely had to get away from it because of the training. Because I was in a different scenario, different situation, all kinds of stuff. Uh, then I'm we back to normal, and I'm trying to get back in that battle rhythm again. So it's understanding how to use it at the right times, and then how do I transform it? How do I uh, basically translate it to a different type of mission set? Right? Because I'm not maybe in my office area or around my company area around you know the area of operation of all the different platoons and sections right so it's really it can be uh it's gonna be daunting sometimes and it felt like it i think i'm getting back to it but i definitely could say that uh I'm, i'm appreciative of it because it's giving me focus but right here talks about the strengths-based leadership movement. Developing expertise involves deliberate and prolonged practice directed at overcoming skill weakness and not building on one's strengths. When I read that previously, it made me think about exactly what I was talking about. It, it makes me think about what you're talking about with your weaknesses is how we actually we try to find uh, certain keys to help us, us develop those particular weaknesses
0: yeah i mean you gotta be able to recognize it and i'm telling you when i first got that assessment i was i really did i'd say something i'd be like oh now i see i got it but at the same time subordinates appreciate not sugarcoating so it's such a delicate balance man but i mean i practice it every day probably (laughs) uh because sometimes you know yeah you just want to blurt whatever and it's like uh, yeah i probably shouldn't say it like that let me think of a better way yeah um, and, and so it's challenging it is and another way and that's when i first started um really taking an interest in reading some of these you know business related books is to try to improve on that i thought that that would be a good way uh to improve on it is to learn some other techniques or some other thoughts on it so oh yeah that, it's an ongoing thing like i'm Learn every day something. I at least I hope I do.
1: Right, and and that's the thing. It's kind of like what he's talking about right here. By actively focusing on one aspect of your leadership practice in a time-bound window, the leader experiments with different actions and behaviors that yield effective results.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That right there, like for instance, and and that's what that's what I was getting to earlier. And it's kind of on the same sheet of music you're talking about. It's like basically selecting a certain amount of time to practice it and actually use it so just like the crowd your calendar i practice i was using it steadily up until that that particular training thing i had to go take care of but it, it was kind of cool because it allowed me to see things and be like okay this is where i'm wasting this time this is where i'm wasting this time i could actually squeeze this project or this little thing down in this time and use more time over here for this and it really helped i mean and it helps you kind of see it but he says how it's about time bound window so you're basically saying i'm going to practice this between this period and this period now it could be time of day it could be time bound window could be like okay i'm giving myself three weeks i'm giving myself one month you know so basically it's a time period that you're allowing yourself for it you know
0: Yeah. And so same thing with the crowd, your calendar, right? Like I'm going to crowd my calendar and I'm going to see if it works because at first, you know, as we know with the Kevin Cruz books, like it goes against a lot of stuff we were taught. So we crowd our calendar and we say, okay, I'm going to give this 60 days to see if it works. So we just gave that time, you know, that time block to it. Right. Um, And then, then we see it works and then we move on from there. And it's the same thing with anything else. Okay. I'm going to try this for this much time. We're gonna make this work. I have a positive, you know, mindset on it, and and that's how we um, we're deliberately practicing something uh, to better our leadership.
1: Yeah, and and you know that was one of the things I didn't notice in this article Ed, was the time period, and it's not like it doesn't say okay we should try to do it for this amount of time or we should try to do it for this amount of time. Well, they say you need to do things for I I I want to say I read it. I can't remember where I read it. But you want to do things for about a solid 30 days and then it becomes more of a habit type thing. Uh, so, with the crowd your calendar, I literally, and I, maybe I did it wrong. I hope I didn't. Uh, I crowded it and I created these recurring events to almost create like a battle rhythm that I can obviously go back to and look at and say, okay, I'm supposed to do this now. Okay, I'm supposed to do this now today. And I pushed it all the way through my time here in Korea. I literally all and basically all that stuff ends when I leave here type thing. So basically mm. it's kind of like I'm, I'm doing this practice of how to do this all the way up through. And then hopefully I would hope by the time I'm done here, because obviously I just started doing it not too long ago, you know, around the time we, right after we read the book, I actually started actively putting it to play, but I would think that's almost like six months. So then 6 months. Yeah, it's hopefully. been a while. yeah,
0: man, already. Wow.
1: Yeah, I've already gone through 6 months. I'm about I'm about to go through 6 more months and then I'm done. But that's what I'm getting at is <laughs> you know, we'll hopefully it'll take play. And that's I that's where he's going at with this article. It's kind of like creating that that little window and it may be little, maybe big, but me, I'm one of those people there. Hey, I've been doing things like this for 20 something years almost so it's going to take at least six months to create a good habit you know
0: yeah no it does and i mean i guess you're in a good environment for that because you have the uh the calendar built for you really right like you know hey i have 12 months and then i'll probably take my my midterm at six months and so you have that calendar already built for you to kind of keep track so that's i think that's kind of a it is a positive to being where you are
1: yeah Actually, by the time this episode comes out, I've will already taken that <laughs> mid tour, went home for about a month, and came back. <laughs> so, so I'll let you know how Disney World it was when I got there. <laughs> All right. So he goes a little bit further here. Ed talks about uh, as the stretch goal is selected. So that stretch goal, when we think back, that was that I'm wanting to develop a weakness into a strength. You know, to improve the current, you know, the current weakness, I'm trying to improve it. So that's what the stretch goal is. I'm trying to improve that. The deliberately practiced leader develops a training plan consisting, consisting of studying and enacting the desired skills and competencies. Studying includes both self-examination and subject matter studying. Deep self-study promotes reflecting on personal values worldview, and identity as a leader. So let's stop right there. It talks about reflecting on personal
0: values. How many times have
1: we talked about values on this show, Ed?
0: Uh, because they're so important. We've talked about it numerous times. Yeah. we Just last
1: episode, we brought up values again, right? So we go over it all the time. So Obviously, that is one of those key elements that helps people uh, develop into better leaders. And then we talk about worldview. Now, worldview, I mean that's a that's a broad subject. Cause there's so much incorporated in worldview. So I think really what you have to do is you kinda have to uh start say se- uh segmenting down to what particular area of worldview you're wanting. To, you know, could it be could it be uh goat herding, you know, or could it be, <laughs> be stocks and markets and whatnot, or could it be Um, And all kinds of things. But when we talk about worldviews as leaders, maybe we're looking at different types of leaders in different areas of the world, and taking their positives and learning from their negatives. So I mean, there could be all kinds of things. So that one could be tough. And then identify as a leader. Deep study or deep self study promotes reflecting on identify as a leader. So that one right there. You think about identify as a leader i wonder how many people don't actually identify themselves as a leader or they say to themselves well i'm not really a leader i'm just somebody here working but they're actually a leader and they don't realize realize that they're probably an informal leader what do you got there
0: yeah yeah. so first of all we talked about uh being a leader informally at um during the kevin Cruz when we went over the book um you know we talked about You know, when you go out to eat with somebody, um, you know, you go out to eat with a bunch of your buddies and you're thinking, oh, these are guys that I work out with. Everybody's going to want chicken breast. And then one guy orders the double burger. Then that frees everybody else to be like, oh, we're not eating healthy today. I'm in. Um, (laughs) Or, you know, and Kevin Cruz talked about in his book, like people who eat, they kind of tend to sync up how the speed they're eating and things like that. Yeah. So that that plays into um all that but we've talked about also we've talked about reflection we've talked about self-awareness on here mm-hmm. and emotional intelligence and and I feel like all this is really playing into that and being able to be good at deliberately practicing your leadership that you have to have that self-awareness uh everybody's a leader to some extent if you go let's so we went to Paris right and we're standing there and we're waiting for the light across the road when that one person stands steps off the curb before the light turns green for you to cross because there's no traffic coming right watch everybody else other people follow that person across the street Mm -hmm. okay yeah i got it they're supposed to wait for the green light but at the same time this is this is proving that person didn't say oh i'm gonna be a leader and i'm gonna walk across the street you know what i mean like but people follow them instinctively they just go So that person is absolutely an informal leader.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And here's another good example. I thought about this as I read the the next little section about self-aware leaders are more effective leaders. Self-aware. So, for instance, communication. We talk about that all the time on the show and how important communication is. If you're actually sitting down with somebody and you're having a conversation, a good point to have is, you're probably getting distracted sometimes and you're thinking of something else or you're wanting to write something down or you want to type here or you want to do do something else. A good way as a self-aware leader is literally to repeat back some of the stuff they said to you so it does, um, show one, show that you're paying attention but also it helps them realize that you're being a good leader by listening to them. I mean, it's just something as simple as that. But sometimes what we do is
0: active listening. Yeah,
1: active listening. exactly. Like, but sometimes what happens is somebody's talking and we'll get so distracted and we'll buy other stuff and they may not notice it or they may notice it. And one of two things could happen. Well, they could just keep on talking and then they could leave, or they could be probably offended or upset by the fact that they really didn't think that you were listening and that you even give a you know a darn about anything. So, you know. It's being, you know, learning how to be self-aware just in small instances like that, just in conversation. You said it before, Ed. We got one mouth and two ears. Close the one mouth. Listen with both ears. You know, I mean, it's just it comes down to stuff like that, man. Absolutely. So what do you what do you yeah. what do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, we've also said before, you know, if you just close your mouth and listen, you'll know twice as much. You'll know what you know and you'll know what they know instead of, um, you know, running away and and interrupting and all that good stuff. But active listening, again, here we go with the Instinctive Influencers Podcast and previous episodes, communication. We've talked about communication. Mm -hmm. And that's part of this whole self-aware leader thing that we're talking about Mm -hmm. today.
1: Yeah, and that's that's what happens, is when you become more self-aware in your actions, your words, your deeds, basically you're noticing what it is you're doing, it helps you identify those things that are strengths and those things that are weaknesses. If I'm standing in front of a formation and I'm giving them a brief of sorts, whether it be a safety brief or I'm preparing to uh, conduct physical training with them, whatever. If I'm standing in front of i and I'm, I'm addressing the formation and I'm looking, if I'm actively looking around at their faces as I'm speaking, Yes, I'm speaking, and I should already kind of have something planned out in a sense of what I'm going to talk about. But when you start looking at their faces, you can engage those individuals every once in a while too by putting emphasis or by stating something that they may know about, but you're not like identifying that person. You're just kind of like in making an overall a gesture about something or, or just talking about something. And you can look at people, you can nod at them. And, you know, kind of like, are you in agreement with me type nod. And you watch watch for their reactions. So, that's that self-aware. And it's that's all about that communication we talk about. Um, so, right here, Ed. Subject matter studying requires intentionally consuming material pertinent to your stretch goal. So, if I know... My weakness seems like a time management thing where I'm not managing it enough. Uh, I maybe need to consume more material uh, dealing with time management. Yours, you said candor.
0: Yeah. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it even says here, this requires candor and a sense of psychological safety between the center <laughs> receiver and receiver of the feedback. Uh, I told you, but it was a strength too. Yeah. Which is odd. It yeah. was a strength and a weakness, and it was number one on both, which is really super strange. But
1: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Enacting these new behaviors <laughs> provides a medium for transferring and applying the new knowledge, skills, and attributes. Enacting these new behaviors. So we actually have to action them to transfer and apply the new knowledge and skill. So when we look when I read something new or I watch a new video or I see somebody else do something I'm learning from that now I have to transfer that as an apply and that'll, that that kind of pulls it from one side to the other and it's kind of yeah you know, that's that learning process coaching and counseling sessions with subordinates are prime opportunities for leaders to put yes. this training into practice
0: that's that and that could be yeah Oh, I'm sorry. That could be something we practice too. Yes. Because everybody's not a great counselor or coach. That's an excellent, deliberate uh, leadership practice because that's your opportunity. I used to get my soldiers to give me some feedback. Uh, where we worked at before, we had a master sergeant who left and went to the NCO Academy. And when you if you ever went in his office for like a dismissal or a counseling, he would always ask at the end, so what did you think? How was it? Mm. because he was trying to, you know, get better at it. So that feedback that comes from that counseling, coaching sessions are excellent opportunities, not just to develop your subordinate, but use them to develop yourself as the leader too. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. And well, think about this too. Let's just say, cause you're saying about coaching and counseling. So one of the areas that I noticed, for instance, that uh, younger Sergeant E fives, even staff sergeants, and I've seen even seen uh, the the, uh, senior leaders do it. Where when you're counseling someone, you they say you should be doing blah blah blah, or you need to be doing blah blah blah. So so right now I'm giving them a directive. When I'm doing their counseling, I'm giving them a directive. But a counseling, you know, when you're counseling and coaching, you're trying to get to the core. You know, behind whatever issues or whatever is really good that they need to sustain. It's how you word it, too. For instance, instead yes. of saying, you should be doing this, I may instead say, have you ever thought about doing X, Y, and Z? And then if they say, yes, I have, or no, I haven't, or okay, now you can lead into other stuff, such as, oh, well, if you have, then what were some of the outcomes that you possibly came out with, of course, of actions for that particular thing? So now you get more feedback, right? And you're listening. And you can kind of start swaying a conversation a certain way. Now, we talked about manipulation before. You don't want to manipulate the conversation so you're just getting your answer. You want to manipulate the conversation so you're getting what's best for them, not for you. Because you may think, oh, well, my answer's the best. But what if all of a sudden they start giving you these answers and it's like, wow, I didn't think about that, and you've already kind of thought about it, and you went through that. Wow, that's a good idea. Let's go back this way, right? But sometimes what happens is as leaders, we're trying to force our ideas on people during coaching and counseling instead of oh, yeah. persuading by listening first.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, we used to have a guy who used to work in the motor pool, um, and in the unit you and I were in together before the academy he was in charge of the motor pool guys when we were in Afghanistan but he did one thing he always said that I thought was really good is he always said when you do a counseling it's a conversation you know in the military so often we we type everything out on the council we print it here sign date you understand got it but his thing was always it's a living breathing document that you develop so you can put your bullet points. Hey, I want to talk about these things, but then as you're having the discussion, you add to it in pen. And I know a lot of people in the army are going to say, Oh no, you can't be writing on the counseling by hand, but you can. Mm -hmm. And it helps with the development because now we're having a conversation and now they're getting some buy-in because they're adding to that counseling. So it was Mm -hmm. one of the things I took from him that I thought, I mean, honestly, I thought he was spot on with, uh, with the living, breathing document.
1: And You know, Ed, when you say that, because maybe there's listeners who don't understand uh, what the council statement looks like. Uh, we normally, we, there's a main topic of what it's about. Then we go through the key points of the discussion. It's key points, like you're talking about. We may throw some bullets in there, but then we're going to start marking some stuff up. Then we flip that over, and then there's a plan of action. The plan of action is to action upon things talked about on the front, whether it be good, bad, indifferent, no matter what. Hey, sustain this by continuing doing this. Hey, you probably we're going to need to improve this. This is what we came up with together. And you're, what you said there exactly is how it's supposed to be, is when you flip that over, that really isn't it's already supposed to be a plan of action there. That's supposed to be something that's developed between the two of you. Yep. And as a leader... It is best, it really is best to get the opinion of the junior to see where they one where they are mentally if they understand by asking them how do you think we're going to get to this point? What are some ideas we could enact to get to this point? What are your thoughts on this? You know, and it allows them to do some critical thinking, problem solving themselves and also for you as a leader to understand their knowledge and understanding at the same time. So yeah, man, that's a great point, dude.
0: Why, thank you, sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so let's get this final part, man. Uh, the f- you wanna you wanna hit us up about this final uh, component?
0: Yeah, so the final component of learning and reflection begins with seeking feedback on the leader's performance. And this is where I was saying. It says uh, requires candor and a sense of psychological safety between the sender and receiver of the feedback so i mean really if i was talking about using the counseling as a two-way thing well with that master sergeant we had if he was to say hey how'd it go and we'd be like well you were really crappy that was disgusting that was terrible and then he makes it reflect somehow on my evaluation one i was unprofessional so he's accurate in that but there's there's a consequence to it you know what i mean or if you as Brian went in there and he says, Hey, you know, how was it? And you said, I-, I don't even know what to say. That was that was not good at all. Uh, and he held that against you. That's that that's that psychological safety we're lacking there. You you need to be comfortable. But at the same time, whoever's providing that feedback, they gotta be professional too. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So and I think that's a, a a balance as well, but but you wanna feel like i can give as your peer as your subordinate that i can give you honest uh feedback that's going to help because if not i mean it's not it's not assisting us in anything it's it's just be gonna be damaging yeah and
1: and well and that's where he goes into interpreting the feedback right so understanding how to properly interpret feedback for instance you remember when we, and we often reference the academy because that's kind of like that was a growth period for Ed and I together. We actually kind of grew um, individually and together as leaders and just as influencers and mentors and, and mentees and followers and all that stuff. I think that was like a big period for us in time. Um, but I think about when we used to do, if you remember correctly, at the end of every course, they had to sit down and they had to do the, uh, the command client or they had to do a client. Well, no, I'm sorry. They did the commandant survey, or the survey, mm-hmm. right, about the course. So they did this survey, and when interpreting the feedback, on because you read many, just like I did. Yep. We both kind of got to see a lot. And sometimes you could sense, like, for instance, you could sense a particular, you didn't know who the soldier was, unless you say you were trying to confront um, a certain person, maybe that they're talking about, whatever. But you could sense a feeling that that soldier had, about a particular instructor, maybe they just didn't like them, or they just didn't like how they went about teaching, or they didn't like some of the material they brought up, mm-hmm. and it would show up in multiple questions, right? So it, it wouldn't be just like they answered a question about, uh, what do you think about the the training of your primary instructor they would talk about it there. But then later on, they would talk, you know, a question that says, what did you think overall about the course? Well, they almost repeat the same thing that they said, the training of the instructor down in the whole course. Right. When they're not realizing, you're talking about two different topics, but this person definitely had something that they wanted to say about that individual. And you can see that, you know, when you're interpreting, you're like, okay, so obviously, these are same type of bullets about the same person from about the same person because no one's going to very seldom do these, Do our soldiers write all write the same thing about the same person? They they change it up. They make different things. So, but then at the same time, Ed, how many times do we see really good stuff and it seemed like the same thing being said?
0: I remember actually reading one where it looked like the student just copy and pasted the exact same phrase on every question.
1: Oh yeah 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 yeah. I, you know what? I think I know what you're talking about too. It was about is about like. Such and such instructor is the greatest ever, or something like that. And it just kept saying that.
0: Yeah, they're a recruiter now.
1: Yes, that's the exact same one I was yeah. thinking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Siz, Yeah. I said yeah. his name. But yeah, but that's what I'm saying, though. It literally said it at every every little question that was answered, it said, such and such is the greatest ever. And then when again, such and such is great. It's like, wow, this kid just
0: kept writing the same thing over and over again. So so But that's important, though. So it's important to note that because honestly, what did that assist us with? So we're looking for feedback. Right. And we're talking about feedback right now. What does that accomplish when we do stuff, when people do stuff like that? Absolutely nothing, because guess what happened with that? It probably got tossed to the side because they're like, oh, this student was just trying to get it over with. And now the student may have been sincere, but it doesn't come across like that because you made a game out of it with this copy paste So when we're giving feedback, it's important that we give feedback. Um, and even when you don't want to give feedback on stuff like that, it's important that you're honest and just give the feedback because nothing can change without that feedback. Nobody, nobody can develop themselves. I, I, myself as a leader, if I ask for feedback and you can't give it to me, then how am I going to know where I need to work? Where, how do I know my shortcomings other than my own self-assessment? Um, and sometimes you get you're gonna get different stuff from somebody outside. So yeah, it's important and when we do the feedback, we take it serious as well. It goes back to me saying when you're giving feedback, it's important to be professional.
1: Right. Yeah. And um, so you know, with this next little sentence, I kind of agree with it, but I disagree with what he has to say here. And I'll explain why once I read it. Deliberately practicing leaders learn from their experiences quickly and develop new levels of thinking in order to achieve their stretch goal. All right. So that learn from their experiences quickly. I don't agree with that all the time because I think sometimes you have to be, you ha- do have to have some focus in on it. But if I'm focused in over um, all the way over here on the right side, I'm not going to, and, and, and both the eyes are always focused over on the right side, I'm not going to see everything that's going over on the left side when that's where I needed the focus. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to learn it as quickly. But if I'm focused on the right side, and then my vision starts kind of moving to the middle and I can focus a little bit, you know, I can see how the parameters along with the middle. Then something catches my eye over there. Then I'll, I'll direct my attention over there and then I'll quickly learn it. But if I'm constantly over here on the right side and that's, that comes with being, uh, constantly being observant around you, but you're not going to catch everything. It's, I'm sorry, you just, no one's that good. No. You know, no. you just, yeah. So, so it's, Learning from experiences quickly, I agree it happens, but I don't think it happens all the time. If that makes sense.
0: No, it completely makes sense. Yeah, and and I mean, again, when you go into feedback, another part that's I don't see in here, but I think is very important is uh, checking your ego, like oh, accepting. Yeah, yeah, you know, we talk about ego a few yes. times, and it, that's that is crucial. To feedback becoming valuable is being able to say, okay, maybe I am not as great as I think I am. You know, maybe I'm not the greatest sergeant first class in the army, but how can I become that? I can listen to this feedback and I can use it and I can practice these things that they're telling me deliberately to Mm -hmm. evolve and become better.
1: Yeah, no, and it actually, it's funny you said that because I thought it should have perfectly fit in the last sentence where are talking uh, earlier about interpreting feedback entails deliberate reflection of both positive and negative outcomes without ego. That's what I wanted to add in there without ego. Yeah,
0: without ego, I think we've been perfect right there.
1: Yeah, it would have worked perfectly for that. Uh, they take action on these new insights, and this is moving on from that uh, experiences quickly and developing new levels of thinking now i do believe we develop new levels of thinking because now where it's like okay i'm kind of i'm hypersensitive to this so now i'm going to really pay attention to that but they take action on these new insights and adjust their deliberate practice until they reach mastery of that skill or competency mastery or competency now mastery can be i mean it can be uh, one of those things where a lot of people don't what is mastery? Am I a master at this or that? You know, well, it just depends, man. I mean, you have to, you have to understand what mastery is and it's comprehensive knowledge or skill in a subject or accomplishment. That's what mastery is. So being able to understand that part will allow you to continue on, you know, um, understanding what it is you need to know as a leader to become a more developed competency in itself. I mean, that's, no one is more competent than I. <laughs> that's yeah, what I like to no say. I, I <laughs> Although I know there. it's no one's more professional than I, but I like to say no I'll one say, is more competent than I. I don't think that's in I. there. <laughs> I know it is. Competency is my watchword, yes. But sometimes I like to think of it as being saying, no one is more competent than I. And the reason I say that, literally it's because the striving to be more competent, right? It's telling myself that I am better than this. I am better than what, it, what is out there. I can do better. You know, it's... You know, it's that self-talk, man. We've talked about self-talk before and where we go with it. So, uh, so this guy, Erickson, his research suggests that expert level performance requires a 10-year period of daily deliberate practice man. activities. A 10-year period. And earlier, you know, and I mentioned that there's no real specific time. Well, he's suggesting. this not doesn't mean that that's what it takes. Some people, it doesn't take that long. Some people, it does. But 10
0: years, man. You think about that. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair, uh, so you think about, think about the leader you were 10 years ago and the leader you are now. And if you honestly look at it, you cannot tell me that it hasn't been a significant shift.
1: Oh yes, it has. I know for me it has.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's kind of fair. I mean, yeah, we didn't realize we were practicing leadership, but yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just depends, man. So basically, if you're desiring to become, you know, the, the best leader you can for yourself, your family, or your organization, uh why not start deliberately practicing now? Right? So questions for the readers. How are you practicing leadership in your organization? Do, do you have do you have an answer to that at all, Ed? For you?
0: How am I practicing leadership in my organization? Uh so one of the things I've been working on is, I think I might have talked about this. I have a lot of senior, I have captains that work with me. Uh, and I'm, I look over their stuff administratively, you know, make sure they're going to dental and stuff like that. And I struggled early with how to get to them. But I really found that, like, I, I practiced the approach. Um, you know, initially I wanted to be very sergeant-y and be like, hey, you need to go do dental. But then I was like, this isn't working. They're still not going. And and so I, I tweaked that, you know, and that turned into, and, and I'm just using dental as an example. There's a lot of other stuff. Right. But it's it's the communication piece. And so then I go in and say, hey, sir, you know, hey, your dental is due. I need you to take care of that for me as soon as you can. I realize you're busy. So you stroked your ego a little bit too. Oh, I realize you're so busy, sir. but And then they usually will take care of it at that point. If they don't, then i that's when I usually go, come on, so you're killing me. Like, I have to brief these stats. You know, when you were a commander, you had to brief stats. So you know what it's like to have to brief that somebody can't go to the dental. And uh, that is usually the, the nail that gets them for sure. But the, <laughs> I've practiced that communication with those that outrank me. So I'm, they don't work for me. They work with me. But I'm responsible for them administratively and they're senior to me. So it's that. That I practice often.
1: It's funny you you bring that up, Ed, because I think it's it's funny like the situations you and each, you and I are each in right now, but I feel like we're going through the, kind of the same type of things. Because many, <laughs> I I would say two thirds of my formation outrank me, two thirds easily, and oh yeah, you have to learn it's no longer you, you know it's no longer that because I'm the senior ranking NCO that you're going to do it because I said so, right. It's No longer that, even though I think we learned that previously, I think we learned that, but now it's more about okay, so how do I lead them, even though they outrank me you know how do I how do I get them? How do I take the horse to the trough and yes. make him drink the water? I can't make them anymore, I gotta get him I get it. and and it's that's uh it's funny, man, because I'm going through kind of the same thing as you are, and I do understand people get tasked like crazy to do stuff and, and that's understandable and they'll they'll lose focus or that or this, whatever. Got it, great. But we still have to meet those particular requirements that are set for us. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's awesome, man. Um, I would have to tell you, I practice, the way I practice is every time I'm learning something new, especially with you, when we learn something new together, uh, I don't use it automatically, but sometimes I use it uh, probably within there's sometimes I use it probably the next day Be, and, and I just want to test it out and see, you know, like all right, acting this way or, or doing things this way or talking this way. There are sometimes that I've, I've sat on stuff and thought about it for a couple of weeks and then tried it out. So I think that's how I've been practicing in my organization is just taking bits and pieces that you and I learned together and trying to form it into one thing become, to become better. So, what stretch goals do you have to become a better leader? Yeah. I could say I mean right off the bat, mine definitely would fall into the uh the ideas of what I was talking about earlier with crowding that calendar i th- that's one of the goals that I'm really like that's more like personal right like no one else can do it but me. no one else can do it for me. I can only do it for me versus. I can try to implement things that we've learned, other things we learn, but unless I get a certain reaction or certain whatever, I don't know if it worked or not versus if I'm just, if I don't do it, if I don't do the crowded calendar, it's not going to work. Period, because I didn't try to do it. But if I do it and I'm starting to see effects, then hey, yeah, I can learn from it. So that to me that's what I have.
0: Yeah, mine is uh kind of related because mine is more uh time management and then crowd your calendar goes into that. Uh, I, I like to take advantage of, you know, maximum advantage of days of hours in the day, uh, at work because I don't want to take time away from my wife after work because I didn't get something done that really there was a, a particular spot in the day that I could have. So better. I really want to work on my time management piece, uh, So there's no late night working or weekend work or none of the other stuff that takes away from uh, my family.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. All right. So I think this next question, though, Ed, it really revolves around the leader aspect because it's not asking it's not asking like what you know, what your goals and all this stuff. It's actually asking how can you help others establish and pursue stretch goals? So now we're falling into that coach and mentor. We're we're actually, how are we helping others to do the same thing we're trying to do? And that's part of that leadership growth, that deliberate practice of leadership growth by trying to estab- help others establish pr- and pursue stretch goals.
0: Yeah, and uh, so I can answer this one for me. Uh, I... I'm a co-host of the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. <laughs> and that's how I'm gonna help others establish and pursue their stretch goals.
1: I think you know what? I have to I'm gonna have to tag along to that. <laughs> and I'm gonna have to say that uh I concur to that statement
0: and I shall sign the block and signature. It is now Viking law. <laughs>
1: that's Viking law. We have put it into law. Yes. Uh, you know, hey, so before we, we kind of wrap things up, there was a few books here that they actually recommended to kind of get into to understand this a little bit more. Uh, one's Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell lo- does a lot of different books. He's you know, he's really good. At, I like, uh, I've read Tipping Point, or I've read most of Tipping Point. Really good book. Helps you understand things and look at things differently. Uh, another one, The Talent Code by Daniel Coyle. I've actually uh, read... I didn't read it. I audio booked it, but <laughs> Daniel Coyle actually has another one. It is called the culture code. And I would, if I could recommend a book, the talent code, I haven't, I haven't even dealt with yet. So I'm going to definitely going to jump into that one because I you know it's about, it says about unlocking the secret of skills uh, in sports, art and music and math. So, but that I would tell you the culture code. I actually learned so much from that. And, I have to. I want to go back and listen to it again because of all the different stuff that was said. Uh, I listened to most of that while I was painting our house before we sold it back in oh goodness what twenty eighteen, and it. I was listening to it the whole time, and I really got to concentrate. I was just doing you know mindless work, so I could really just listen and kind right. of process it. So not only the talent code, but also as a leader, I would check out the culture code. Really good book. Uh, another one here. Integrative Approach to Leader Development. And I can't really see the author's name on it. Uh, But yeah, so an integrative integrative approach to leader development. So that's another one. And then this last one is Angela Duckworth wrote uh, Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance. So those are just a couple books. He also gives um, in this... He gives up a couple uh podcasts, but really I wanted to kind of like hit upon some podcasts that Ed and I can offer up that we really think could help, especially the instinctive influencer audience and, and community. Ed, what's a, what's a good podcast you could offer?
0: Lead X podcast with Kevin Cruz. It's an excellent yeah. podcast.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Uh, I would definitely, I would bounce off of lead X and I would jump right into the Jocko podcast. That's another one. Um, I, the only thing, the only thing with Jocko is, uh, you, he, he does a lot of history type stuff. He does a lot of books and whatnot. And, and he does really good interviews with people that I've enjoyed. Um, but he's gritty, right? Uh, he's raw. He's, he's that, you know, he's this typical type of, I love meat kind of guy. And, uh, and that, you know, he's just, he's just one of those kind of people, man. Uh, I, I, I always enjoy listening to him. You get any more?
0: Uh, I'm going to tell you that, especially if you're you're struggling with something and you're really, you know, we had our suicide episode. And and if you just feel like you want to give up, I, I got to tell you the um Team Never Quit podcast with Mr. Lone Survivor, Marcus Luttrell, the guest, the stories are amazing. He recently had J.J. Watt on. Uh and and it was a really good, it was a short uh episode, but it was pretty good. You know, I, I have a different uh look at old JJ Watt now. Like you're talking about a guy back back to back seasons. Uh he had season ending surgery, his back, he broke his leg. Both of them were fluke things. Um, you know, he talks about how he just knew he's coming back and uh all the stuff he's done for Houston after the hurricanes in Houston. And he's not a Houston native, so good interview. But everything on Jock, on, uh, – I'm sorry, Jock was great too. But on Team Never Quit, yeah, if you're having a struggle and you just feel like I can't take it, I have to give up, whatever it is, even if it's a matter of I'm not doing this no more, I quit this job, listen to that, listen to some of the stories, and hopefully you'll find some inspiration. But I, I love that uh, podcast.
1: Yeah, I, I do. I enjoy that one also. Uh, I would throw on on those three that we just threw out there. Another one that I've learned to enjoy. Um, now you got to watch the language sometimes because sometimes you have different people on and language gets crazy. But I enjoy the Tim Ferriss show. I really do. Um, he has a lot to say. It's like he's very uh, inquisitive about things. He's it's like he's always searching for answers to provide answers to others. And I like the way I like his format about how he goes into things to try to now. I do, like, sometimes I feel like sometimes he kind of sounds arrogant, but I think that's just him, right? I don't think he's a bad person at all. I actually think he means completely well, and he really wants to do better for people. It's just sometimes his voice, that's what his voice sounds like to me, right. but, you know, I'm just one of, you know, whatever. I mean, but I definitely I think that's another really good one uh, to kind of, you know, get after and listen to, and... It's not like most of these ones, uh, most of them, you, it's not like you have to listen in succession. You can, like, pick and choose throughout. Now, like I would tell you, like, for instance, Jocko. Uh, sometimes, like, he did he did a couple where he did, a, like, a back-to-back interviews with people. And you kind of, it'd be best if you listen the first one, next one, next one. You know what I'm saying? But you can figure that yeah. out by just reading the title of it, you know? Um, team Never Quit, they don't usually do that at all, do they?
0: No, and there, there are times, really... You know, one episode might be an hour. The next episode might be two and a half. So,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh, like some of them like sporadically just release, and you're like, oh, they got another one out. You know, yeah, so they I don't just, they don't sit on a time schedule.
0: You no, know, and and like I said, I really I enjoy them. I I love Marcus's individual story, and then the other thing they'll have listeners write in about their never quit moment, and they read if they read them on the air. Sometimes they'll have them come in the studio and talk to them um and it's just an inspirational um podcast so it is
1: it. yeah and i think those are and that's why we i wanted to bring up a few that we listen to because i feel like we've taken a lot from them like we've learned a lot and we've been able to share even more through what we've learned from them i'll tell you ed this is uh it's been an interesting one it was a good read uh i enjoyed it but we got to give out a yeah. task, man. We got to, some, something's got to be done here.
0: I mean, we did ask three questions. I don't know if you have something in mind, but we asked three questions and we answered them.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think we should, uh, we should just give them one of those questions, don't you?
0: Yeah, why not? I mean, we answered them for them. We gave them kind I'm of the, I'm, the way to go. Yeah.
1: So, with every, all of you should kind of understand what what we meant by stretch goals and and believe me, it's really working on that weakness and how you stretch it out. Uh, what stretch goals do you have to become a better leader? What stretch goals do you have to become a better leader? And let us know what, what stretch goals you think uh, maybe you need to work on to help become a better leader. And that's your task for this episode, episode 42. Man, we're getting close. We're getting close to that time.
0: 42. I know. 42.
1: Yeah. That episode 50 is right around the corner, Ed. And with that, episode 50 is going to be that Q&A show. Uh, So we're going to be recording it really soon from the time this. So when this comes out, it'll be, I mean, we'll literally be right on top of recording it. So obviously we're going to be posting more on Facebook and whatnot to get more, uh, solicit more questions and whatnot. But if you have something you want to bring up to Ed or I, uh, you can send us a personal message. Just directly message us. Um, Or, if you just want to post something on the Instinctive Influencers Podcast closed book page, uh, you can, Facebook page, you can type in 101 Influence in your search bar, go to that page. It should be the very first one, Instinctive Influencers Podcast. And then you're going to hit visit group, answer some questions, and then we'll hopefully we can uh, get to it and approve it really quick. And from that point on, just. Go in and search for different tasks and whatnot or just whatever it is that you're looking for. And if it's to offer up a couple questions, offer up a couple questions or offer up one question. But Q&A, so that you're probably wondering, well, what away Q&A? Well, that's so what I would tell you. Q&A uh, could be anything. It could be, hey, what was one of your most influential times when you were five years old and why is it uh, do you think it relates to what you do now type thing? You know, something, I mean, you, anything, you come up with it. So I would tell you, reach out to us, let us know, because we would love to really like hit upon what it is you have. And if you don't want us to mention who you are or anything like that, that's totally cool. We, we, we'll make sure we don't. Um, also, find us on Instagram, Facebook. We said Facebook earlier, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, and just LinkedIn. I really like that. That's a great resource uh, if you want to look for more material to help you develop, you know, your stretch goals. I would definitely tell you go there because there's lots of material to help you become better. Um, but with that, we also have the Instinctive Influencers webpage. Give it a shot. Go check us out. Look at those pictures on there, and 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 you can also listen to the show on there along with on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. And if if you could leave us, if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating, man <laughs> or gal, whoever's listening, yeah. leave us a rating. Just leave us a rating because uh, we'd like to know how we're doing, okay? And also, it helps out uh, with the show, and that's it. it just kind of helps things move along. With that, Ed, what do you got, my man?
0: Uh, another great episode, Brian. Another good, uh, great episode. Um, so I, I got a quote. I'm going to read to you. It's really, it's from the legendary Rihanna. Uh, It's nice to look back on your life and see things as lessons and not regrets. And I said it because it's good to look back on your life and look back on your leadership lessons and then learn from them and move forward and keep practicing deliberate leadership.
1: Absolutely, man. That's great. Great point. Don't regret it. Just work forward off of it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, with that, I am Brian. I am Ed. And this has been the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. We thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a great day.